Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. I'm David. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, uh, it's um, really wonderful to be here. This is one of my um, heart meetings. Um, and I'm so sorry, the little kitten attacking me right now. Um, I'm just coming off a train that ended right at six. So um, and I've had a back to back day. I didn't prepare, um, which is, I guess, what my higher powers will look for me. There's always parts that come up that want to prepare and say the, say the right thing and be articulate. Um, and um, this program is about many things. And one of those things is surrender and just showing up and trusting that um, everything that happens needs to happen. Um, that there's a reason for it. There's meaning in it. And even if, and that doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it or I won't feel pain or feel awkwardness or embarrassment or wish I said something different afterwards. Um, but uh, it's just an incredible gift of this program that I get to say, oh, I have a higher power. So no matter what, I'm okay. Um, my experience is part of something much bigger than me. It's a real gift. Um, and uh, I say that because I tomorrow will be six months of abstinence for me. Um, I had a relapse uh, back in the, the fall winter. Um, and uh, after having been in program for four and a half years. Um, so it feels really important to me to talk about my um, story of relapse because I, um, because it's, um, I wanna slow down a bit. It's important to me because I, it's both it's part of my spiritual journey. I don't regret it for a second. I learned a huge amount from it about myself as a compulsive overeater um and um and it's really an absence is something that's really sacred to me so as of december twelfth twenty twenty you know i I restart my abstinence, so I hold both of those. I hold the fact that my recovery never stopped. Um, and even in my relapse, I never stopped going to meetings. Um, most of the time, I didn't stop weighing and measuring my food. It was, I don't know how many binges I had in that period in the fall. Um, it was not even half a dozen. Um, and that's not to downplay it. It's just, I'm incredibly grateful that it wasn't as bad as it was. And it was terrifying. It was so scary. Um, and and I'm really grateful for it because it just confirmed um, confirmed the fact that I really am a compulsive overeater and that I need to be in this program. Um, so I will, um, yeah, just maybe just try to share a bit about what brought me into program in the first place. Um, and I, I hope that I will also talk about the solution because it's very easy for me to talk about what it was like and to give the food logs, which are, which are really important. I think I, those make me feel a, a great deal of belonging in OA. And um, my life now is defined not by 
my disease of compulsive overeating, but my but by my recovery from it. And OA is the container for my whole life. It really it's with me throughout my day, not just the three times a day that I eat. And uh, I I can't even um, I don't want to imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't come to OA. Um, so I'll just um, try to encapsulate the what it was like part by saying that I feel like I was born a compulsive overeater. I come from a family of compulsive eaters. Food was just the topic of conversation, um, food and body, um, and a lot of criticism of my body, my eating, people in my family's bodies and eating, other people. Um, and uh, so I don't know another reality other than being a compulsive overeater. Um, so I grew up chubby. Um, and uh, food was just, it was just the thing. I mean, my memory, my biggest memories were of food. The parties were about food. Um, I felt awkward and uncomfortable and different from other people. Um, I, I didn't feel like I fit in. I think that's a common experience to us addicts. I, I noticed that when I read the stories in the big book that they often start by people talking about how they didn't fit in and they were different. And I felt so different and, um, and being being overweight um, was and my relationship with food, it felt like, oh, it's because of that. Um, and if I just lost the weight, if I just didn't eat like this, then I could be normal. Um, and then I wouldn't feel this way anymore. I'd feel loved. Um, because, uh -huh. Thank you. Um, love in my I, I It's so important to me not to blame because every, everyone. Um, Everyone is doing the best they can. My parents absolutely did. Um, and I just felt a lot of shame around who I was as a person. And that felt really tied to how I ate and what my body looked like and how much body fat I had and how unathletic I was. So um, come puberty, um, I started dieting. Um, I did extreme dieting. I read an article about um, people like pre-adolescent boys eating 900 calories or less. And I thought that that was the answer for me. Um, and that dieting was how I found power. Um, it felt like I had some control over my life and I got the positive feedback and, and uh, the, the, the compliments that I had been craving. And, um, and it felt like I was an adult and that was, I was 12 years old and it felt like finally I was a person and um, I'm an excellent dieter. Um, I really, um, I have that ability to really restrict and control and really try and be perfect. Um, and as probably most of us know, diets are as good as they long, are as good as long as they last and they just don't last. And that set me up for, you know, another until my whatever mid twenties of the diet binge cycle. And I, um, and every time um, I dieted down, I never, to whatever weight, it was never my goal weight. I didn't have a goal weight. I've heard people say my goal weight is my birth weight. And I can identify with that because there's no such thing as being thin enough for me, at least not in my disease. Um, and, uh, but then, you know, there's, this is, this is a disease of insanity. And when I um, lost, when I lost the weight, I thought I can now eat normally. So I would eat what seemed normal. And then the portions crept larger and larger and I grew larger and larger. Um, and then it just set the cycle. And, you know, I can't encapsulate my whole history of every, you know, every diet and then every 
counter diet that I tried of trying to be normal. Um, I could spend, you know, hours and hours talking about it. Um, what's important for me is that it confirms what our literature and the big book um, says about an, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind that once I, um, that once I was in the food, I couldn't stop eating. Um, and once I stopped, I couldn't stay stopped. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, the, I it was never, my weight was never low enough. I never identified really as an anorexic, um, but um, it's certain, certainly extreme restriction. And I, for me, it's all just one disease. I'm just a garden variety compulsive overeater. And um, the thing is that the, um, my experience is that the dieting and restriction doesn't last. It always leads to a rebound to the compulsive overeating. So I, I, it feels comfortable, comfortable for me to say I'm a compulsive overeater and I obsess in a diseased way over being thin and controlling my food, but I'm more terrified of the overeating. And that's what my relapse history showed me that um, no matter how much weight I had lost, no matter how good, you know, of solid my absent felt or how clean it, clean it was. Um, it was actually, um, you know, cause my disease goes both ways and says, oh, you're so good. You know, you don't eat this in this food. You haven't had dessert in so long. You don't, you're not overeating. People are telling you that maybe you need to eat more. Um, and I, my disease used that as an opportunity to eat more. And once I open that box, once I open that door, I can't close the door. Um, so that was something that was really important for me that I learned in my relapse that just because I've lost weight, it doesn't mean I'm normal. Just because I've been in programs so long or abstinent or other people think my food is so good that it means I get to take a break. Um, and I had behaviors which um, I couldn't tell, are they okay? Or are they not? Is this compulsive? Is it compulsive for me to eat food when I'm cooking? Is it compulsive for me to have a little bit? If I say I'm not going to have a snack and then have a snack, oh, but it was just a piece of fruit. Um, maybe for other people in program, that's completely okay. I mean, something about our disease is we all have our compulsive eating um, footprint or handprint, and it's different for all of us. And it took me, my relapse to see that what works for other people doesn't work for me. And, uh, um, and it took me getting, and in, in my relapse, there were times where I was just like, what's the point of being abstinent? Like I had just completely forgotten what the point was, the previous four and a half years of being absent. Thank you. Um, and that was so scary. It was, it was just terrifying. And at the same time, it wasn't terrifying at all because I wanted to go back and eat like abstinence program. It didn't, it didn't matter anymore. Um, it was just the food. And the more I ate, the more I wanted to eat. Um, and uh, I could go into like what was going on in my life that prompted the relapse or made it possible. And I think the reasons are important and, and I've learned from them. And ultimately for the purpose of however much time I have in this, in this share, it doesn't matter. I relapse because I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and my reaction to, my reaction to life is food and my relationship with food is abnormal. So, um, thank God I didn't leave the rooms and it, um, it took me sharing at meetings, honestly, about the fact that I had just binged and 
for me, ever since coming into program, there's something about not being alone in the disease that has helped me. Um, when I came into program, when I, one of the first things I started doing was texting my food and sharing it with my sponsor. No, she didn't make me do it. Um, but she said, oh, this is something pe some people do. And I knew that like, yes, that's what I need. And from that day, from day one of doing that, I wasn't alone with my food and it keeps me accountable. Um, it, and uh, there was something about sharing in a meeting about the fact that I had binged and then calling up fellows and telling them what had happened. Um, it just shifted things for me. Um, they say that shame cannot survive empathy. Um, and I know that for me, at least, I don't know whether people are empathetic or judging. I felt a lot of empathy in the rooms. We all have judgments, but for me, shame just can't survive honesty. Um, and so if there's anything anyone could get from this share, it's that I feel like the biggest service we can, that I I receive from others is people sharing vulnerably and honestly about their experience. And um, I know it gives me such great healing when I think part of my practice is a, is a nightly 10th step. And when it comes to those emotions or actions that I'm not proud of, um, or that I feel are too vulnerable to share, um, I don't have to force myself, but I know that on the other side of me sharing what happened in my day um, with food or emotions or relationships, um, there's so much healing. Um, the things that I grew up feeling so afraid of, but people knowing the real me, I don't actually have to be afraid of. I've been only met with acceptance in these rooms. And, um, and I need to keep reminding myself of that because my automatic is to think it's not okay to be me. I have to be someone different. My share has to be, you know, uh, it has to cover all 12 steps and all nine tools and, you know, the entirety of my um, five plus years in program. And I'm just this really, really imperfect being. And the, that dieting anorexia side of me really doesn't want me to be perfect. And the compulsive overeater side of me just says, you know, just screw it. Um, I can't be in relationship with other people anyway. So I might as well just eat and have that moment of pleasure. And, uh, yeah, having a being in fellowship with all of you and having a higher power that gives me purpose in my life. Um, it's amazing. Uh, I'm incredible to this program for saving my life. And just the experience of feeling my feelings, just the experience of like, okay, if, uh, you know, if this is my last day on earth, like I will have had this incredible experience of being in OA. Um, and being alive as, a, as this journey of learning from my mistake, learning from my relapses um, is amazing. So this program is one of a lot of contradictions. Um, and I can't, oh, thank you. I, I guess that's my one minute. I can't square the circle. Like I was just sharing with a fellow today, uh, leaving a voicemail part of my practice to do these daily calls and saying how, you know, it's about the food and it's not about the food. And I feel such a clear relationship with a higher power. And I have no idea what that higher power is. Sometimes it's like, you know, that person up in the sky and sometimes it's just being in the moment. Um, and the steps have transformed me. Um, and I feel like I don't, um, I feel like such a beginner with the steps. I don't, have I worked any of them really fully? I, I don't know. So I guess the one thing um, 
I want to leave with, I guess it's three things. Um, this is that this is a simple program. And I just love that it says somewhere in the big book, it's trust God, clean house and help others. Like when I'm in doubt, I can come to one of those and just know that um, I can take the next right action. So um, I'm grateful to be um, alive in recovery today. This disease would kill me and it can, and it's not killing me today. And I have this design for living. And uh, um, thank you all for making it possible for me.